movie podcast for Skyscraper. My name is Tom Chick. I'm here with Christian Moloski. <laughs> That's not my name, but I'm, I just want to say that I'm double the size of the Burj Khalifa. And, what, Dingus, please. And with a Skyscraper tagline, Kelly Wand. Finally, a Dwayne Johnson movie where he just wants his kids back. All right, I like where this is going. Keep them coming, Kelly Wand. Is giving the rock a steel leg really a disability? <laughs> Are there more? Yeah, there's two more. Yep. It's like Die Hard, the way Sarah Huckabee Sanders is like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> wow. Whoa. All right, Michelle Wolf. Nice They're both women. <laughs> Kelly Wan, what's the Fine. final skyscraper tagline for the evening? Finally, a movie that tapped into my fear of architecture. <laughs> you should have led with that one. Nah, what? You really want the last? Okay, never mind. We'll Dingus, don't spoil anything. Tell the listeners what Skyscraper is. No plot spoilers. Don't give away stuff that the trailer might have spoiled. Just the basics. Assume people are listening to a Skyscraper <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, this week Anyone? we saw Skyscraper. Mm-hmm. A 2018 oh. American action crime drama movie about how useful and funny duct tape is. <sighs> it was written and directed by Rawson Marshall Thurber. That's not a real name. Oh, yeah. tell, tell, us, tell us the actual director's and writer's name. Come on. You just made that up. All right. It was directed by uh, John McTiernan. <laughs> um, oh, rude. In their dreams. The director of Nomads. It stars Charlie. I'm sorry, uh, Dwayne the Charlize Johnson. I like what you um, did. Nev Campbell, <laughs> Chin Han, Roland Muller, Pablo Schreiber, and Hannah Quinn Lan. It's it's Hannah Quindlen. I'm silent with rage. <laughs> I, I was I was thinking of whether I should give Pablo Schreiber or Hannah Quinlan my trill, and I think Who I'd like to my support. I'd like to give them both. I'd like to do it for both of them. So here we go. Here we oh, go. you had to you had to uh, prepare that. I have a bit of a man crush on Pablo Schreiber. I well, of course you do. Yeah, Dingus, and you haven't even seen as many Pablo Schreiber movies as I have. I can help you with that, Dingus. All right, Tom has a uh, man crush on men. But go on. <laughs> Okay. Skyscraper is rated PG-13. Oh, come on. There's no call for that. It's for sequences of gun violence. Fuck you, 12-year-olds. It's gun violence, not just regular violence. Right. And for brief, strong language. The guns do get hurt. It is true. So be careful when you take your child guns. Kelly, are there other rating disclaimers that should go with that to warn parents? Some skies being scraped. <laughs> Skyscraper is at 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Half of the reviews are positive, half are negative. However, if we go over to Metacritic, the average rating from various reviews, 51. So barely made it over the middle. Yeah. Cinema score, unfortunately, only a B plus. That's bad news. Unfortunately. It opened at number three behind Hotel Transylvania 3 and uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp's second weekend. It made $25 million, a bit shy of what they were expecting, but, you know, what are you going to do? I have a follow-up question. Yes, Kelly Wand. 
There's a Hotel Transylvania 2? <laughs> That's correct. Went directly to 3. No, there was a 2, yes. Oh, yeah. I've never even seen the 1. I mean, why would you why would you know or not know how many Hotel Transylvanias there are, Kelly Wand? Why would you stay at that hotel? Why is everyone going to Transylvania? There might be tourist attractions there. They're, they're lovely woods this time of year. Oh. Like the <laughs> happening. Kelly Wand, speaking of things happening, I would like you... To give us a skyscrapsis. Oh, that's uh, pretty good, Tom. Thank you. Yeah. It's weird when you when you try because you never expect it, and then suddenly, <laughs> here comes Tom. Yep, I did. I delivered a happening. <laughs> <laughs> and then that. Oh happens. wow. <laughs> we need uh, to repair the bathroom. Okay. Um. Skyscrapsis. Oh, scrapsis. What did Tom say? Skyscrapsis. Skyscrapsis. Yeah, I like that better. Skyscrapsis. Way better. Skyscrapsis. <laughs> Warning. I watched the following motion picture in English, but it didn't help. <laughs> Would it have? I don't know. The Rock's barbecuing some human feet, ironically, but uses too much butane and blows his foot off and gets ketchup on his face. As they wheel Dwayne into an operating room, Nave Campbell, who's left acting to amputate feet, is all, you're going to be okay, and puts a mask on to keep out his stink, which is even worse now that he's burnt. Meanwhile, a newscaster's all, and in white man news, Japan's building 2.0 is done. It has a giant baseball on top with CG in it. And also uses these spirally helix outdoor wind turbines to create air conditioning for the lobby. A bellhop told us that the lobby itself will be completed in 2099. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Hi, y'all. It's me, Walton Goggins, the assistant fry cook here at Goggins Tacos, where we got all kinds of succulent fixing straight from the top of the border wall. You and your kids may know me best as Shane the Grenade Enthusiast from The Shield, but nothing can shield your taste buds from flavor like the lettuce and parsley in these carnitas rancheros. Ooh, ooh, Goggins. Or maybe you've enjoyed my dusty hijinks, Dr. Crazy Tooth, from this Springs box office smash, Tomb Raider, Star Wars winner, Alicia Vikander, Potome of 2018. But take a good Vikander at the Marissa Tomei toes on these eggplant toastada boats, and you'll be the one saying, where's the baby? <laughs> Even predators turn visible for $2 Tuesdays at Doggins Tacos, or just pay 12 for the Hateful Eight Taco Special. I guarantee your stomach will ache full eight hours, or your nap is back. We got all your favorite style taco stuffings, from green beans to ground tarragon, meatloaf, peyote, broiled tarragon, caged children, funions, half and half, piccolo peats, veal cutlets, fun dips, space age polymers, sawdust, blood pudding, ready with thumbtacks, loaded dice, spotted dick, haggis, head cheese, vermicious canids, wasabi, ectoplasm, shrimp, shrimp, spam, spam, shrimp, shrimp, and spam and shrimp, water moccasins, gene tay, 
Sangria, Gaspaccio, Bocaccia, Felicio, Calamidia, Ralph Macchio, Midchlorians, Vermicelli, Ochre Jelly, Sprigs of Basted Squig, Rat Marrow, Stained Glass, and of course, my homemade special sauce. Y'all want that recipe, y'all gonna have to give old Grandma Goggins a kick in the cooch. Now that's what I call a panini. Ugh. Christ. Just parking the intersection. Screamed. Hey, Walt, fuck you. In the faces of the first random 27 people you see, and you'll get a free pinata, along with one of my teeth and this complimentary coaster shaped like a shield. Now that's what I call justified. Goggins Tacos. Just remember, double G, just like the letter on the health code sticker in the window. Because if it ain't a Goggins, it ain't no taco, son. Warning, do not use shield coaster as a shield or coaster. Meanwhile, in his apartment, Dwayne puts his foot on. He's married to Nave now, so I guess it's the next day. They both live in Japan. Her new job is doing nothing. He's all, hey, Nave, I'm having trouble tying this tie with my metal foot. She smiles affectionately and pulls the tie out of his ear through the other ear. She's all, come here, you fucking idiot. <laughs> he takes the tie back and goes, wait, is this right? No, honey. Your eyes is called a blindfold. <laughs> By the way, my first name is short for Never Johnson. <laughs> Sorry, were you talking just now? I was thinking about a turtle riding a skateboard. <laughs> Yeah, okay, speaking of which, my phone's broken again. She steps out her phone with a crunch, then hands it to him. Uh, yeah, like I said 60 times, you have to turn it on. See where it says power? And here where it says on? I want you to do it. He chuckles <laughs> dumbly. You're the best. And I thought Ellie Sheedy was mannish. <clears throat> he slaps her butt and goes, this phone's not the only thing you can't turn on. He tramples his kids on his way to the door, then grins at them and goes, Time for our adorable daily ritual. Which do you does daddy love best? <laughs> Since they all hate each other, they all say themselves. Except for Dwayne Jr., who has self-esteem issues and picks the foot. Dwayne's all, you're all wrong. The trick answer is daddy loves none of you. You'll be punished tonight for guessing wrong as usual. <laughs> Dwayne's friend Gary comes over, hands the kids some condoms, and goes, ah, This will get you in to see the pandas later. <laughs> Dwayne and his friend go to the skyscraper. They ride on an elevator for ten minutes of screen time. Eventually, the friends all, Oh, hey, Dwayne, uh, so how about that war we were in? Huh? Which one was it? The elevator saw. <laughs> you are now on floor something. Get out. Friends all. Hey, check this shit, bro. He goes over and touches a unicorn statue's head with his hand to unlock a secret room. <laughs> yeah. My wife wanted just to get a knob. <sighs> so now we're divorced. A Chinaman's all. Mr. Johnson! Very nice to meet you, footman! <laughs> uh, here we go. <laughs> like dingus Dwayne's all uh, sorry I don't understand racist Chinese the Asian guy grins at his Russian friend 
He's as good as you said, Craig. Mr. Johnson, this is my Russian lover, Chapstick Craig Jonesovsky. This is a uh, black extra. The black guy's all. You're working pain and gain. Change my life. Acting isn't the word. Dwayne puts on some nerd glasses, takes them off again, unscrews a clipboard from his foot, and goes, Uh, yeah, based on my elevator ride up, uh, I can say this is the safest CG building in Japan. Except for maybe Fort Knox. The Chinese guy's all, If we hurry, there's still time. He makes Dwayne join him inside the giant baseball. They stare at Sky CG for a bit. <laughs> Dwayne sniffs and goes, I just farted, uh... At least I hope that's all I did. Welcome to heaven, Mr. Johnston. By the way, I'm actually standing over there. (laughs) (laughs) He points at himself. Dwayne's all, that's incredible. Real people. But how? My baseball CG is done with mirrors. Based entirely on my saying just that now, you now know enough to do it yourself later in the film. (laughs) Here's Mr. Johnson. You take it from there. Dwayne gets bored, so he hobbles out of his job interview, comes back, gets his foot, hobbles out again, and rides a ferry to some place with Gary. <laughs> so dumb. Dwayne's all, by the way, uh, I haven't touched a gun in ten years. Whew. Gary does a spit take. Oh my god, why not? Are you insane? Dude, that's fucked up, man. Yeah, well, I put my sword down, you know, so it seemed dumb to, you know, just keep wearing just the gun. (laughs) So I'll tell you, though, Gary, if not for my misery fetish, I'd never have met What's-Her-Face or her weird kids. Misplacing my foot while barbecuing was the smartest thing I've ever done. I mean, if I still had both of my two original feet, I'd be as shitty as, well... He looks pityingly at Gary's feet and shakes his head. Gary's all, yeah, just like me. Yeah, yeah, okay. My date with Jennifer Love Hewitt was a disaster. Rub it in. Oh, fuck you. Dwayne's all, hey, is there Sky CG in all baseballs? That would explain why so many baseball teams are named after birds. Gary doesn't answer, so Dwayne walks into a dark room. Suddenly, some guys walk in and fist fight with him. Dwayne gets some dirt on his foot. Gary walks in and goes, oh, fuck, you're still alive. Shit. <laughs> this ruins everything. God damn it. Oh. I mean, uh, yay, Dwayne. Hey, man. <laughs> Dwayne's all. Good thing I put my phone in my metal foot today for luck. Gary's all. You own a phone? Oh, fuck. That ruins my entire terrorist. I mean, I hate your wife. I, I mean, kill you. I mean, oh, fucking. Uh, He goes into a bathroom, gets out his phone, dials a number and starts crying in Japanese. Dwayne hears him, but he's too busy picking all the refrigerator magnets from his foot to care. Back in the title skyscraper, some guys wearing shirts with the word siren misspelled on them knock on Nave's door. (laughs) 
One's all. Mrs. Campbell, uh, just a precaution, uh, we need you and your kids to let us shoot these bullets in your head. And also uh, these ball gags and handcuffs as well for you and your kids, for safety reasons, uh, Skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't normally do any of those without my husband. But okay, you did misspell siren on your shirts. They finally put a ball gag in her mouth. Beside me, Denise Richards is all. That takes me back. Meanwhile, in Dwayne's room, his friends all. By the way, man, I'm a traitor. He starts trying to stab, shoot, and kick Dwayne, but misses. And accidentally stab, shoots, and kicks himself. Because Dwayne holds up an egg slicer. <laughs> a spot of blood appears in Gary's chest from the kick. Dwayne's all. Gary, no. You're still my... <laughs> <laughs> For the last time, we're not related. Fucking idiot. Oh, by the way, I only meant to kill you, bro. Not your wife and kids. Sorry about that. <laughs> but I'm not really sorry. <laughs> Dwayne looks up and stares at us, his lip quivering anxiously. Meanwhile, Russian guy and his friends pour some sand on a floor. <laughs> One's all. Fuck, boss, this is a lot of sand. Maybe we should evacuate. Evacuate? In our moment of triumph? Uh. Suddenly, the baseball gets too hot from the moonlight, so the skyscraper catches fire. <laughs> The Russian guy's friends all. Damn, now I miss we get. <laughs> that Goggins thing really wore me out. Damn, I guess now we need more sand, huh? <laughs> the Russian guy's all. Don't worry, the whole building's not on fire, just the floor we're on. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, some guys shoot at Dwayne, and I think a chick tases him. The exit sign was showing a bit of thigh. The Russian guy smirks at some smoke on his monitor screen and goes, Heh heh heh, that's what I call a $6.5 billion chimney. His friends all, oh, 6.5. That's some monitor screen. Mine only costs 6.1, and it's a CRT. Meanwhile, Dwayne runs outside the skyscraper crying and spraying his metal foot with a fire extinguisher. Some cops are all, you're under arrest for emerging from a burning building. <laughs> Someone points and goes, hey, look, Dwayne's wife and kids are in a different burning building up there. Or maybe it's the same one. I don't know. Dwayne's all, officers, please let me do some CG jumps. <laughs> I've already lost a foot named Knave. I can't go through that again. <laughs> They're all, no. Dwayne tricks them by running off giggling. <laughs> the cop rolls his eyes and goes, what's that idiot doing? Bonnie Bedelia's all, his job. <laughs> Cops all, his job's running away. Uh, <laughs> they hiring? Meanwhile, Dwayne somehow climbs a building. <laughs> Dwayne somehow climbs a building. He also turns on a windmill to fan the flames so that the fire spreads faster. 
<laughs> then he gets in a cockpit and wrestles with a crane winch app while some cops stare at him with a helicopter. <laughs> It's like they watched half of Die Hard and then all the shots were something good. Some more cops try to reach Dwayne on foot to arrest him again. One's all, damn it, this buzzsaw's not fitting into the keyhole. Fuck. I thought that bitch was white. Dwayne tricks them all by running away again and then jumping onto another building that's on fire. Or maybe it's the same one. The crowd below gasps and screams and looks on worriedly. An Asian woman puts her hand over her mouth slowly and goes, Oh, God, I sure hope that criminal the cops just said started that fire doesn't fall. Meanwhile, Nave and the dumb kids wander around in some dark, and there's a machine gun fight on a helipad. Some stuff blows up, so characters run off screen in a headset room. Sir, Nave Campbell's character's still alive, and so are those interchangeable kid extras who look nothing like her, Dwayne. <laughs> I don't know why he thinks he's playing Hollywood Bowl, but anyway, the Russians are all... Damn, who knew blowing up a 90-story building couldn't be stretched out uh, to 90 minutes of story? Uh... Dwayne goes into a bathroom grunting. He pulls some glass out of his shoulder that I guess he got from trying to drink orange juice at breakfast with his foot and forgot about till now. Then he tries to drink some bourbon he's had all this time, but accidentally spills some on his wound. He cries out in irritation, then drops the bottle. It breaks. <laughs> Heroic music plays while he staples his foot back on and gets out a tape measure. Back in the Russian's question room. <laughs> what happened to you? Uh... Yes, I have I, I have putting a gun to Ali Shidi her head and and my arm it around her neck like this and then she stabbed me in my leg with paper clip. So yeah, now my tax forms are not collated. Damn it! I thought I was in a summer blockbuster called Russian Characters Arson Triumph. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry, boss. I got Dwayne cornered up here. See? Ah, I got you, Dwayne. The only countermeasure he could really employ at this point is to throw me off this cat. <laughs> Later, by a waterfall. Daddy, look, I climbed up to this waterfall. <laughs> Guess how much of this is my pee? <laughs> Damn it. You should have stopped it, too. Okay. Dave, you crawl up this ladder bridge and get... Um... Connor! Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, so... Right, so you get... You climb up it, and you get... Uh, Connor... Yeah, you get her. Wait, I'm rescuing her? What are you going to do? Hold this ladder bridge steady. It's hard work, especially if I choose to use my foot. Later in an elevator. Okay, kids, uh, Act Two's kind of dragging, so Daddy's going to hit this descend out of control button. Okay? 
right before we hit the bottom, I'm going to try and stop it with the power of my mind. And, uh, <laughs> maybe by using my metal foot as a brake. Um, we'll see how the mind part goes first. Okay. Ready? Name's all. Wait, what? One of the kids is all, I'm scared at how dumb you are. It's okay. To be dumb, you have to be scared. <laughs> Name's all, wait, what? Later. Aha, there, see? Told you we were still alive. Hooray for daddy. Well, well, Mr. Johnston, as we say in Russia, so we meet again. Uh... Uh, we need you to uh, open the door for us. Uh, I left my keys on top of the waterfall. <laughs> Should have mentioned earlier. Sorry. Okay, hang on. Let me try knocking on it with my foot. Ow! Oh! Yeah. Maybe try using your metal foot. Uh, hey, I don't come to your work, except for today. Bro, I'm telling you, these doors can't be opened. It's physically impossible. Your family is your weakness. <laughs> That's why you can't open this door. Mr. Physics, chemical composition of doors, man. <laughs> it's because your family weakness. Your family is your weakness, Dwayne, man. <laughs> and also your foot is another weakness. After your family, second weakness, foot, and your acting range. Your three weaknesses. But family, much more weak than foot. Acting range about tied with family. Very well. If you don't open door, we throw a random kid character off roof. No! Uh, which kid? Because just between us, Connor... Dwayne gets bored, walks behind the problem door, and watches some news. <laughs> then he's all, oh, Okay, Gary, <laughs> you rascal. Where'd you hide the open door button? Hmm. He thinks, then snaps his fingers and shakes his head fondly at them. <sighs> behind the CG. Gary. Outside, Officer, my name is Nave Campbell. The bad guys were just talking about throwing my daughter off the roof, so I bailed. Uh, also, the main kidnapper character, he had an accent. The cops all, oh, then it can only be this guy. He holds up a photo. <laughs> accent, huh? Yeah, that's Krinch Yanovich, uh, or whatever Kelly said earlier. Yeah, um, we don't have any plans uh, for dealing with the situation. Um, shouldn't I be Japanese? Where is this? I mean, Dwayne Johnson is uh, clearly behind all this uh, illegality. Uh, forget everything I said a second ago about the Russian guy. It's your husband. He's a dick. We're going to arrest him again. Meanwhile, Dwayne ties a rope to his penis while music plays. Dwayne's all, this is for you, Gary, my brother. While action music plays, he climbs down a rope and jumps through some CG-shaped chopper things by counting a few. As he counts to two, outside, the crowd watches, <laughs> watches anxiously, uncertain that Johnson can remember both numbers in the proper order. Once in a row. The Asian woman again covers her mouth slowly with her hand, this time to stifle a yawn. 
Maeve hits the cop on the shoulder and goes, come on, dude. Does that look like someone with a plan to you? Back in the building, Dwayne kisses his foot. At last we're alone. Don't move, Dwayne. I got back up and came back up here to get you back. And I brought my gun. Uh, wow. You're standing too close to me. <laughs> what? Why would you say something to warn me like that? That's almost as dumb as me not reacting. <laughs> Dwayne's daughter, Connor, is all. Hey, Dad, I guess I escaped. Also, uh, I something something the tracking software, but the Russian guy, uh, whatever. <laughs> he grins dumbly with love. Got any duct tape? I walk into the lobby, wait in a long line at the concession stand, finally get to the front and ask the guy behind the counter, Hey, um, what movie am I watching in there? Ant-Man still? He's all skyscraper. I thank him and return to my seat. On the movie screen, the Russian is chuckling and raising a gun at Dwayne. Well, well, Mr. Johnston. Yeah. I'm going to say more things. Always have the best best of you is my character's trait. I guess you and your family have learned what it means to cross skyscrapers with Krich Yanovich and his ethnically diverse vertical arsonist friends. <laughs> uh, tell Nate Campbell I said the uh, Scream franchise getting little long in tooth. <laughs> Speaking of bitch, uh, find no sequel to Tooth Fairy. You should make 20 for children and then 32 more sequels for adults. And then all false ones for old men to put in glass water at night. (laughs) One thing you should know first, I'm behind you. The Russian turns around, doesn't see Dwayne CG behind him, and leaps screaming to his death. Outside the crowd stares as Dwayne walks out of the still very slowly burning building. (laughs) A guy points and goes, it's that guy whose activities for the last two hours we know nothing about. Everybody claps. A cop snaps cuffs on a terrorist corpse. You're under arrest for falling. The crap. The cop walks up to Dwayne and goes, and you are not under arrest, whatever you've done. The cops all cheer and shoot their guns. The helicopter lands. The crowd cheers again, then cheers separately for each of the dead bodies lying around of the guys they've been watching all fall from fighting Dwayne's foot. Nave walks up to Dwayne, reluctantly kisses him and goes, never mind me or the kids. What are you going to do now? He tries to think of a final line, then just grins at us. You need a shower. Dwayne laughs at her feminine priorities. Some words tell me who did the CG for Goggins. The end. Uh, Dingus, why don't you go first? What did you think of Skyscraper? What's a movie better than Skyscraper? What's a movie that's not quite as good? All right. um, Not quite as good as Skyscraper. <laughs> so I thought uh okay, so over I would put this means war. Um, <laughs> Remember? 
which I actually really like. So I'm not closely bracketing this because I thought this movie was utterly incompetently directed. Hey, is that the Jonah Hill, by... Miles Teller thing? No, it's Tom Hardy, uh, Chris Pine, oh, Witherspoon, and she's watching Butch and Sundance, yeah, but not Mc... watching it, and they're all doing a dance around her house. They have Hell, all you have to say, Kelly Wand, is McGee, and I'll remember. Oh, really? It's a that is his only movie. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah. Um, where he swims in a pool over his own apartment or something. It's uh, unclear how that pool works or his apartment works or how the video store works. <laughs> yeah. But I liked that so much more than I liked this. I thought this was incompetently directed. Um, this, uh, you know, uh, this guy doesn't have a, a sense. Uh, Ross and Marshall... Thurber. You're making that up. That can't be anybody's real name, Dingus. That's his wrestling name. <laughs> when Dingus makes fun of your name, you know you got a dumb name. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Um, uh, doesn't know how to direct uh, an action scene or a fight scene to save his life, uh, and he doesn't doesn't know. He doesn't have a clue uh, of what he has in um, in the Ra- in, in Dwayne Johnson, I and mean, he's worked with him before. In uh, what he doesn't understand how. Central Intelligence. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay. That's a wacky comic, uh, though, yeah. right? Doesn't he have speed? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, you, you have to understand how to use Dwayne Johnson's humor in addition to his power. And this movie is just so utterly... He has no foil. And, and there's no sense of humor in it whatsoever. Um, and Dwayne Johnson... One of the things that I love about him is that he's got a great sense of humor. He's he's good at poking fun at himself, um, and he's good at just you know I don't, I don't want to call it winking. One of our listeners did say something about winking, but I I don't really like that verb as applied to movies necessarily because it feels like the the uh, the director or the filmmaker um, filmmakers being actors and writers saying ah we know what we're doing. Uh, when you're waking at the audience, but Dwayne Johnson knows how to walk that line, and I'm just surprised that that they tried so hard here to be earnest in a, in such a goofy movie. That's just terrible. Uh, so over, I would uh, or under, I would put uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which uh, is another movie that I think takes itself way too seriously and is horribly directed and just doesn't doesn't understand that the very premise is absurd. Because um, uh, it's it's like they heard about, this movie heard about the movie Die Hard, and then they made this movie. But they never watched Die Hard. All right. Well, uh, I want, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, well no, no. let's just do quick over and unders and quick assessments, because then I want to ask Dingus about his over and under real quick. Kelly, one, what's a movie not quite as good, a movie better, and uh, what did you think, briefly, uh, of Skyscraper? Well, I was going to say, uh, Dingus raises a good point that, I mean, Die Hard can't even do Die Hard anymore. Like, the first Die Hard was amazing, and then every time they retry, like, Die Hard 5 is garbage. But uh, I think the problem is that he has no foils in this movie, and a one-man-versus-everybody movie doesn't really go with that, with The Rock, unless your villain's Rickman. But he doesn't have, like, a Kevin Hart or a, um, a Vin Diesel <laughs> Vin Diesel's the Kevin Hart and the Tyrese of uh, Fast Furious. Uh, my over or Sean William Scott. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or anybody. Just get someone smaller and funny. Like get Paul Rudd in this movie. 
Right. And it's him. It's the two of them or something. I don't know. But my over, uh, I'm a big fan of the genre, although none of them are as good as Die Hard. Uh, it's like Speed, Aliens, and Die Hard, and then every other movie, every other action movie is like a, in a like below it. But uh, but my over is uh, there's one I really like called uh, Sudden Death with Jean Claude Van Damme as a fireman, and he's like fighting. <laughs> he's at the Stanley Cup Finals, and he. The terrorists are going to blow up the Stanley Cup, and so there's a point where he has to, like, go into goal and, like, stop a shot. He's disguised as a goalie, and there's another part where he's, like, fighting a uh, a Russian terrorist woman, and she's wearing a mascot outfit, like a chicken or penguin, or I think it's a chicken. I'm not sure which chicken team, but she he, like, raises her up and, like, her head goes into, like, a, a ceiling fan, and she's all, it just makes her mad. It's just the she just loses like the the cock's calm. Uh, my under snakes on a plane, which is even more uh, snakes on a plane's the worst uh, movie, and uh, I I, I want to murder it. So that's it. Uh, you know, skyscraper. We saw it. Here we are talking about it. All right, oh. my my under it, it is it is the penguins, Kelly, because it's the it's the Pittsburgh penguins. Right. I don't know why I'm saying chicken puzzledly after I already said the name. All right. Well, wait. Then how does it? Right. A penguin doesn't have a cock's comb, Kelly Wand. She's just wearing it arbitrarily. <laughs> my uh, well, the one in Wallace and Gromit does. It's the black my, anyway, go ahead, Tom. My uh, under is the movie Skyscraper with Anna Nicole uh, Smith. Oh, uh, I've it's a it's a '96 movie. What's that? Skyscraper dingus. Anna Nicole Smith plays Carrie Wink, Mrs. Carrie Wink. She's the name. Johnson. She's she's the Dwayne Johnson. It's an Anna Nicole Smith vehicle. There are two. How can that be in your under? How can that be worse? Oh my there, god! I was so into her when I was. A there kid. are two sex scenes right off the bat. It's a, like nudity. It's an R-rated uh, action movie kind of thing. Uh, she plays a helicopter taxi pilot who the terrorist uh, needs, needs to get to the. Uh, yeah, exactly, Kelly Wan. She's like a McCready, but instead of the Antarctic, it's Los Angeles. Yeah, circumstances so thrust authority into her. The terrorist needs to get a ride to a skyscraper, and he because uh, he's going to do some terrorist shenanigans, and it's a, it's it's a diehard uh, ripoff. So she lands on the skyscraper. And he says, "Okay, wait here. We're gonna have to leave soon." He's like hired her. She's gonna be a, an unwitting uh, getaway driver. And then she realizes, "Hey, these guys are up to no good." And she gets the briefcase that has their MacGuffin in it. I don't, I don't know. And so she ends up like fighting the terrorists, <laughs> and they're fighting her. And the, the the main bad guy quotes Shakespeare. He's like super knowledgeable, but the only Shakespeare he quotes is something like uh, when he before he does the thing where it shows how ruthless he is that he'll kill his own henchmen. He says, parting is such sweet sorrow, and then he kills his henchman. And Anna Cole Smith is like, I didn't know you knew Shakespeare. And then he explains. Uh, <laughs> so so it's, her. it's very glib Shakespeare uh, references because the, you know, the person who wrote the movie just couldn't be bothered to actually like make anything like plausible. It's just whatever basic Shakespeare you might know. He just rams it in there to show that the villain is super cultured. Uh, so she ends up fighting him. There's, uh, there's naked scenes that she's got to be in, and she's How's a helicopter. She uh, they uh, they'll do it. It's really funny because there's no, any time. Poor, the poor woman. I mean, I kind of feel bad for her now that she's well, yeah. dead and that you know like what her later life was like. And it's 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 yeah. kind of hard to watch. Like there was a point you would have watched the movie and and laughed at her, and it would have seemed a little less mean. sort of pathetic and mean. Exactly, Kelly Wand. Uh, but what she does to fight is she gets out of the way and they shoot a stuntman from behind. She can't do a kick. She can't throw a punch. Uh, she, the poor woman, they have her dressed in a jumpsuit to show because that's what a pilot wears. Uh, and it just, like, it, 
Anna Nicole Smith running around in a shapeless looking jumpsuit is uh, not what you should do with Anna Nicole Smith. Uh, and the, the, poor, the poor woman, too, cannot deliver dialogue to, to save her life. Like She just doesn't know how to talk like actual people talk. And this, this is clear as day that in the opening moment when we're meeting her character, and she's supposed to be talking to air traffic control. And pretty much anyone can do that pilot drone of talking to air traffic control. You know, Charlie 1, this is Charlie 5. We are cleared for landing. You know, you just talk like that. You say – you don't do any normal inflection. You just do pilot talk, and the poor woman couldn't even do that, like when she's trying to pretend to talk to air traffic control. So that's my under. It's skyscraper. They actually have uh, – I don't know how much of a budget it was, but they have some decent pyrotechnics. Never shot when Anna Cole Smith is on the set, I'm sure. It's just stuntmen. They have pyrotechnics. There's a couple of big falls. It's a, one of the skyscrapers in Los Angeles uh, that look pretty good. Um, but it's terrible. It's awful. Um, I love that that's her only movie besides Naked Gun 33 and a third. Like she's like. Are you kidding? It's not her only movie. No, oh, what is done. No, she she did this with a guy who's actually done a few. Uh, and I imagine they're well, they're not straight to video back then. But uh, she did. What is the other one called? Um, shoot, it's called something like uh, "Getting It Done." Or she plays a she plays like a CIA agent. It's her again. Yeah, so it's, it's, You're not talking about Cindy Crawford. No, no, no. It's another That's movie like gay. this. It's like a vehicle for her. Uh, to yeah. the Limit. Yeah, she plays Colette. To the yeah, Limit. Colette, she's FBI agent Colette Dubois in To the Limit. <laughs> Wait, it's Everybody for Goga. He just goes, I'm going to make action movies with Anna Nicole Smith. That's my... Uh, apparently, yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I suspect too these things. The it's obviously skyscrapers. <laughs> obviously, a diehard ripoff. And I, I wonder, like, does this get marketed overseas? I mean, I'm guessing it does. It's clearly R-rated because there's nudity, there's blood. Uh, it's you know, it's weird. It's in a TV aspect ratio though. Like, it's a straight up square. There's no. It's sort of like they realize this is never going to be broadcast on a screen. No one will yeah. ever see this in a movie theater. Uh, so yeah, there's a couple of these, and it's kind of sad watching her. But skyscraper. I can't believe that's your under. I can't believe it. Well, this you is pretty bad. Like, here's the problem with skyscraper. You know what sounds funnier. Yeah. Well, here's the here's the, so the the problem with skyscraper with Anna and Cole Smith is it it's kind of not funny anymore because of well, yeah. just how how ugly the the rest of her life was and when she was a successful rich dumb model it's kind of fine to fun to laugh at how bad her movies are. But it's not as much fun anymore, and that's kind of why it's my under is it's a little uncomfortable, and it's not as enjoyable to watch a dumb movie with this woman who was probably just just blissed out on prescription medication that she didn't know how to talk. Um, so I feel bad laughing at Skyscraper, and that's why it's my under because I don't feel bad laughing at this. The Dwayne Johnson one is dumb. Uh, I wouldn't – there's certain things that are in comedy. I mean, it's product. It's studio product, and its biggest sin is that it's completely forgettable. There's yeah. nothing in this really, maybe with a couple exceptions we'll mm. talk about, that I will remember. Um, so my over is another dumb skyscraper movie because these are all I, – I put this in the genre of, of movies that are fascinated with skyscrapers. And you know, Die Hard begins that – or actually before Die Hard, Towering Inferno, of course. Uh, I, I kind of think Dread even plays in this genre a little Fuck bit. yeah. Um, Poltergeist 3, which I, I realized I don't think I've ever seen. <laughs> Poltergeist 3 is set in a skyscraper. Like yeah, the, the Poltergeist mirror. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Tom Skerritt. And the little girl's the only one in it. But wow, okay. 
Well, yeah, I kind of want to see it. That's the one I can't enjoy. That's the one I I feel like you do towards the end of Nicole's skyscrapers. I feel bad for uh, Heather O'Rourke, and I can't watch Poltergeist 3. Like, she's after – it's like her last movie, and I don't know. I think it came out even after she died. It's just too harsh to – there was a poltergeist in the skyscraper? Yeah. yeah that's, that's the whole conceit. Is Now it's in a skyscraper. Yeah. It's got Zelda Rubenstein in it, too, I think. It's really bad. It's just shitty CG. And, well, and, I think unless you're talking about good movies like Die Hard and Dread, and I think Tower Inferno has uh, some enduring legacy as, as, an example, as an example of what Irwin Allen did. Uh, but here's what I would put as an over as far as dumb movies about skyscrapers. There's a, there's a Dutch director named Dick Moss who is known for a movie called Amsterdam. And Amsterdam is a silent – it's like a cop chasing a, a serial killer in, in, in uh, Amsterdam. And Damned. Like, uh, but he then did – I think before Amsterdam, he did a movie called The Lift, which <laughs> was like about – an elevator, a haunted elevator that killed people. Oh, and awesome. this was this was back in the 80s. And he remade The Lift in <laughs> uh, 2000. He really likes one. that idea. Well, he remade it, and it is called, when he makes it, and when you look at the credits, it's called Down. However, it was marketed as The Shaft. Uh, so <laughs> it depends on where you find it. It's a good titler. And it actually was a casualty. And- of of 9-11 because it's about skyscraper and even like they even mention because they they're they partly play on the fact that uh that uh that bin laden had attacked the world trade center before with the the basement bombs um and they they mention there's a point in the shaft it's a haunted it's not a haunted it's an elevator that has a rogue ai running it basically and the (laughs) at at a certain point there's there's actually very horrific scene in the middle uh, near the end of the shaft where there's people crammed into an elevator and as the elevator is going up it starts accelerating unnaturally and the floor starts falling apart underneath it and it starts dropping people down into the shaft and there's like there's like children and women and it's crowded and they're screaming and grabbing on and it's a horrific scene like it's it's really like oh my god that's it's like something out of the resident evil movie where the building turns against them and kills them um so in the remake of the of the lift the shaft there's this scene and then the government is called in to lock down the building because they think there are terrorists in there. They don't realize that it's haunted. They think the terrorists, the same guys who planted a bomb in the basement of the World Trade Center that didn't take it down, they think that that's what's happening in this building. Turns out, no, it's haunted and the the whole thing unwinds. But because of this, uh, it was made before 9-11 and it was actually scheduled to have a U.S. uh, uh, distribution. It got canceled. And what's surprising about that is the cast actually includes uh, Ron Perlman. Edward Herman is the mayor of the building who wants to keep the elevators open. Uh, Ron Perlman is the manager of the elevator repair company. Michael Ironsides is like the the mad scientist who made the the rogue AI chip that controls the elevator. Dan Hedaya is the cop who is investigating this. There's a scene where the mayor is talking to his aide, and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. Ike Barinholtz's first movie is as the aide to, uh, oh, yeah. yep, to, to uh, Edward Herman. The lead in this is a beautiful young actress, and even even though this movie is dumb, so Dick Moss knows it's a comedy, by the way. This is clearly a comedy. It's got some horrific scenes. Uh, it, it's silly. It wasn't shot. I mean, parts were shot in New York, but it's clearly shot on sound stages in uh, uh, Denmark. Um, 
But he got as his lead a very perky, and you can even see in this movie, this this woman is good. This woman is great. She's got terrible dialogue. Uh, at a certain point, she's the, she plays a newspaper reporter investigating the goings-on. The main hero, and I don't know who this guy is. He plays an el- He's the elevator repairman. He's the, the hero of the movie, and his love interest is this reporter who's investigating it. And when her boss tells her to get on the case, he says to her – and this is a movie that was supposed to come out in 2001. He says to her, you get your sweet ass over to that building and investigate the, the elevator mishaps. And, and there's all this like weird sexual banter with her where people are hitting on her. And she's like, oh, that's so cute, um, which is really weird to watch. But it's a beautiful young woman named Naomi Watts. And this would have been oh concurrent with her doing uh, uh, Mulholland Drive. Um, she would have uh, shot this shortly before Mulholland Drive, and then she was cast in that. They, they came at it about the same time. So that's that's my over. It's pretty terrible, but at least it's funny. It's got a good cast, uh, and unlike Skyscraper with Dwayne Johnson, The Shaft, or Down, depending on what you want to call it, uh, is memorable. It's got memorable things in it. So Ike Barinholtz was involved in this? Uh, he has one line. Like he's got one scene with a couple of lines where he's he's just a – He's not involved. I mean, you wouldn't remember him. It's only if you know who he is. If, for instance, if you've recently, like I have done, if you've seen Blockers this year, which you Jokers haven't seen yet, and you should, then his his face is like in your memory. So when this young guy comes up who looks vaguely like is that a is that a Wahlberg? Is that maybe a Donnie Wahlberg? No, that looks like Ike Barinholtz. Right, right. And then you look it up, and yep, that's his first movie is The Shaft. Uh, well, what's funny about that is that he has a story credit on Central Intelligence. Okay. I mean, yeah, he's a writer, too. Like, Which was directed by this guy. I mean, it's just a weird right, right, right. that you bring him up. Because I, as I was watching, as I finished watching Central Intelligence, um, uh, which is another movie where, anyway, uh, you see story credit given to Ike Barinholtz. I was like, really? I, I think happen? he came up, actually, as a writer through Mad TV. Like, I think that's his original background. Uh, right. and. At a certain point, he started gravitating over to, to doing small parts, and now he's one of the reasons to see blockers. You jokers, get on that! All right, so well, I loved him in Sisters. I mean, I, I really do like. The yeah, yeah. Lot. Well, you need to see. In that case, you have no excuse to not see blockers. Uh, okay, so let's then talk about Dwayne Johnson because I, I agree with you guys that it, it, he's best with a foil, and I think part of what this movie's problem is is there. It's sort of like the movie Snitch, where he plays a guy who runs a trucking company. He's supposed to be just a white collar worker, and Dwayne Johnson does not look like the kind of guy who would be a consultant for security or like no. like when they try to make him an everyman. I don't think it works very well. Although I like the idea of him having a metal foot, like I like that as a. That's one of his things, and I like how that they they kept trying to make that part of the plot, even though I made fun of it a lot in the offices. But it, like it, there's potent. It's like not a bad idea, actually. I would say it's one of the few things that I might remember about this movie. In yeah, uh, like his, I, his his albatross winds up saving him. Like I like that. Like it's like uh, Ed Harris's uh, wedding ring in Abyss. Like, <laughs> right, right. It, and it's like it keeps well, him alive. Here's the thing, though, is I don't I, – I think I remember it for thinking it was a cool idea and being, di- being disappointed it wasn't used more. Well, no, nothing is. It this, I hate the skyscraper stuff and just like how you get no sense of it as a building. It's impossible to watch this movie without thinking of Die Hard and just going, oh, Die Hard's so good. <laughs> like you always feel a sense of spatial awareness in that movie. It's strange. How good. Uh, before we get that, to that – that's. An- well, thing is, what did you think of the whole amputee thing before we get to the uh, the skyscraper itself? 
I didn't get it. And, you know, I think uh, one of our, we had three writer inners this week. Uh, one of them, I think it was Chris Markinson said, you know, there's this, ex- there's this best explosion that goes on right next to him. And yeah. his leg. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, justice. But if he'd been doing like a roundhouse kick at the moment it went off, that maybe would have made sense. <laughs> uh, I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. And I don't get why it's even in the movie. No, I'll tell you why. Because it's his. Because Nave Campbell's the one who gives it to him. So every time it saves him, his family's saving him. So it's like his link to his family, kind of, and his wife. When does it save him? Because I know that, of course, he he holds the door open with it, and then. Yeah, and you can see that coming a mile. What was other time? Other than that, like it, there's a point where his foot is, like it, it it's it's actually going to drop him. Like if his foot had been tied up in the rope. His, his his artificial foot is tied up in the rope, and it comes loose, and he falls, but then he grabs it. If that had been his real foot, that wouldn't have happened. Like, it, it almost yeah. dooms him, but it's – like, I don't recall it ever saving him. Like, because I, I, I was hoping for something like that, like the like Christian Bale's fake foot in 310 to Yuma. Like or Denzel Washington's hmm. arm in Virtuosity where he stops the fan blades with his metal arm. And I don't, I don't think there was ever any – Well, he uses it to block the door. Right, right that's what I'm saying. Is, or yeah, it, 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 gets him, it gets him into the door, but I don't know yeah. that it saves him or – Doesn't he use it to get up somewhere like as a grabber? I thought he used it once. Am I dumb? Doesn't he use it to like get higher up the girder at one point? Like he uses it – Well, when he's grass. like swinging on that silly rope in that whole rope duct tape sequence. Yeah. Uh, he, I guess he kind of uses it. Then. It should be better though. Like it's a better idea than like what ta- like the, it isn't doesn't really pay off as it should. But it's well, a good it's, setup. It's a good setup, and I, I would have liked to have seen a movie. I mean, again, if you're going to play an, an everyman, and if you're going to play an everyman who's an amputee, uh, that's a great idea for me. That is a great idea, and to just have it show up in a couple of action sequences to no effect. Like we never. It, it gets knocked off of him when he's fighting Pablo Schreiber, and he sort of has to hop. Right. And it, it, at that moment, I was like, okay, this the movie's going to play with this as his vulnerability. Right. And it never does beyond that, I don't think. No. Like be, Once, he, once yeah. he has to sort of hop around when he's fighting Pablo Schreiber, the importance of him being an amputee pretty much goes out the window, I think. Right. I think and yeah, I think you're right about that. And and I think that Chris Markinson agrees with you. He's he's like, was it just to be inclusive? Because to to, uh, to Chris, it seems unlikely that he could have gotten enough speed with that prosthetic leg to manage the jump from the crane to the yeah. exactly right. Like that, like a normal person, like what, like what, how does that affect him being able to run and do those yeah. kind of like stunts? Right. And I don't think the movie really cared about that. It should uh, there, there no. was a there's an article in New York. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the Washington Post recently, uh, Scarlett Johansson was cast as a transgender okay. person in a movie called Rub and Tug, and she very vocally dropped out of the movie and said this part should go to a transgender uh, actor. And uh, the Washington Post had a, a piece, and she's been lauded for this, and I, I think that's a great idea on her part. And it's great that she has a celebrity to be able to do that and to call attention to it. And the Washington Post was writing about how this is an advantage that certain communities have and other communities don't. And by contrast, hmm. it was bringing up the community of, of amputees, people who have suffered the loss of, of a limb or limbs. They don't have that sort of central um, uh, activism core about their identity and their disabilities uh, that where they can say, hey, an actual amputee should have played this part. Uh, and I disagree with that because, I mean, I, I think in a way, obviously, this is the uh, this is a – 
that this movie was made because a famous action star was in it. But I do kind of like the point of, you know, if you're going to have an amputee character, maybe consider having an actual amputee or at least having it mean something, having it be meaningful. Right. Uh, yeah. More than the, right. the shortcomings in any casting, I think the shortcomings in it bringing any meaning to to giving us some insight into what it's life like is the life of an amputee. That's where I think its main failing was. Yeah. Um, the well, there's, 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 this, yeah. there's an actor named Robert David Hall. Um, who was who has been in a number of television shows? He was he was in uh, he was sort of a, a James Lipton kind of character in West Wing uh, in one episode where he's just interviewing um, somebody on stage, and he was also most famously a coroner in the television show CSI, and he's famously um, an amputee who that you know he. He's cast not because he's an amputee, not because that's necessarily an element of the character, but that that is part of who he is, and because he is that, um, and they cast him because that because he can carry that exactly in the right way. I mean, he moves uh, he moves about uh, in a way that that really speaks to that, um, and he he deals with those limitations properly. And I don't think this movie even cared about that. One of the folks that was interviewed for the, the article is uh, an actor from Breaking Bad named R.J. Mitt, who uh, has cerebral palsy, and he has to walk with uh, with crutches. And he yeah. was cast like it. it I don't, I don't, I've actually seen him in like a teen horror movie. I've seen him in uh, Breaking Bad, and he's never cast as a guy with cerebral palsy. He's cast as oh. a guy, and he just happens to have cerebral palsy. Like, uh, and. He, uh, yeah, I just love hearing him talk about that in the cast. He exaggerated office. it for Breaking Bad, didn't he? I don't know. I didn't know that. I mean, I, good I for him if he did. But uh, yeah, the movie. I, I forgot what the horror movie was. Like, it, it wasn't as pronounced in the horror movie. He just it, there was sort of an affect to his walk and his speech where you knew there was there, he was struggling with some disability. But it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like his defining characteristic. Uh, Remember the amputee in Battleship? I ain't never seen no alien. Yeah, I don't. No. <laughs> I even watched wow. that recently. The Taylor Kitsch battleship. Yeah, his girlfriend is like a Holy physical God. therapy. Oh, no, I do remember. Right, the black man. The black man with the, yeah. the fake legs. No, who goes oh. off for the B-plot with the girlfriend, unfortunately. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, I do remember him. It's funny because they watched another Peter Berg movie. And, and he, he was an actual – and they, they made a deal about it. He, they made a to-do about that is he was an actual veteran who'd lost his legs in the, the yeah, part right. of the movie. And, and there's a moment where he uses his legs to charge into an alien. Uh, yeah. yeah, very good, Kelly Wand. I can't believe I yeah. forgot about that. Well done. Yeah. When they used real World War II veterans on the battleship right. to yell at Rihanna. Yeah, that was a little creepy. Right. But, a little bit. <laughs> uh, and they all died. To, uh, to your point, uh, Tom, another uh, of our uh, listeners, Soren Hoagland, um, says that he said – you had said that this is basically forgettable, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and Soren's point is basically ask me in a – Ask me about it in a week from now, and I won't remember much yeah, more. That's how Ant Man. And the fact that man. that rock of the rock having a peg leg, <laughs> they're being uh, they're being a hot Taiwanese girl, oh, and I definitely need to yeah. find more duct tape. Get her out. But in the moment, it was fine. I, I mean, Soren liked it more than he 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 his his statement was I kind of liked it, but one of the, he's like there there 
three things I will remember, and one of them is Rock having a bank like. I mean, I, I I didn't hate it. Like I I was fine with it. It was sort of what I expected, and I it could have been better. And I'm not that surprised it wasn't. But uh, yeah, I will definitely remember uh, Hannah Quinlevin as, as well. Yes. That she was so distractingly hot. Get yeah. I do not need to have to deal with that when I'm watching a Dwayne Johnson movie. Really uncool. Boy. See, I would just see that as added Dude. content. You, it always annoys you. Like, get the hot chick oh. off screen. I'm trying to enjoy this uh, hostel. Well, right, because then when she's not on screen, I'm like, wait a minute, and I'm bored with Dwayne Johnson talking about logistics panels. I'm well, like, yeah, hey, yeah. Could that's... we go back to the the the, yeah, the yeah, Asian yeah. chick doing karate? Yeah, and she was like, she looked awesome. I loved her haircut. She was yeah. like super confident. I was like, is this someone who is famous who I know? Yeah, I, she was amazing, and I was every time she wasn't on screen, I wanted to go back to scenes with her. So that's very distracting, Kelly Wand. I don't need They're that. They're all gorgeous. Movie. It's not fair. Danny <laughs> Taiwan. Uh, well, he, so let's. So do you remember Ruby Rose in John Wick Two though? Because I think she's got the same haircut. Yeah. It's the same haircut, and Ruby Rose was so much more powerful. And this, uh, well, they gave they gave I her mean, a, like Ruby Rose is a, is a mute. Like there there was an actual good writing, and they gave her stuff to do. This poor woman just had to run around and look hot, and she was great at that. Uh, it's a shame there wasn't more to it than that. But Ruby Rose was yeah. uh, like that was an interesting bit of writing, and she had a unique challenge to do that part without talking. And uh, just like yeah. Xander Cage, Xander Cage, who's that? Wasn't Sniper and Triple X? Oh, yeah, Vin Diesel. <laughs> Talk about forgettable. Yeah, Vin Diesel. Right, Xander Cage. That's right up there with Carrie Wink as far as hero names. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, so the rest of the cast, I was so – like when Pablo Schreiber comes on, I was like, oh, sweet. Please don't make, please yeah. don't make him the bad guy though because I love Pablo Schreiber. And same with Noah Taylor. But you know he's going well, to Well, he doesn't – and same with Noah Taylor too. When he comes out, I'm like, just please don't make him the bad guy. Just let us – let's just have sympathetic Pablo Schreiber and Noah Taylor for once. And you're right, Ning. It's like I should have – I don't know what I was expecting, but – yeah, you know he's. You gone. know what I think they should do with these movies that they never do, and it always annoys me. The kids are always like movie kid cute, and it'd be kind of cool in one of these movies if the kid was kind of ugly and like weird looking. You know what I mean? I mean, I so I, I don't I don't want to say ugly or weird looking, but it, it reminds me of uh, Millie Shapiro in in uh, Hereditary. Like she looks like an actual kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah you guys, yeah, you guys great. haven't seen Eighth Grade yet, but the the young woman in Eighth Grade is amazing. And she's not like a beautiful, precocious little kid. Yeah. I mean, she's she's beautiful, and she's, uh, but but she's not, she's not a model, and I love that about her. In black, yeah, Kelly Wan. These kids are too processed. Looking. Yeah, these two kids look like they they came out of a J.C. Penney's catalog. Yeah, right? I'm sick of that. But uh, and all she has to do is yell "Daddy" over yeah. and over again. I mean, her main line is "Daddy." Well, they're, they're, Daddy. they're basically props for all intents and yeah. purposes. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Chris Markinson sort of agrees with you. He, he says his first thought was that that's merriment from Kelly's Den of Thieves. Um, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> it is Pablo Schreiber. Oh shit, yeah. Pablo. Happened. Yeah, uh, he said it's, he. It's a shame he was barely in the movie, and they gave him a neck scar, which didn't really have much impact considering how little he was. I because I, I watched that too, and I, I that, again that, that at this point I was like, okay, there's really a cool setup here. Is and I, I wish when they would have yeah. burn victims that they would be willing to put the makeup on their face. But yeah. I was like, okay, we're gonna have a scarred guy and a wounded guy, and maybe at that point it was kind of clear that maybe he was gonna be the bad guy, but maybe he was gonna they were gonna end up fighting together and. 
Like who I really had hopes that this idea of these people who were scarred from a previous incident yeah, would have to carry yeah. these scars into another incident, and yeah, the movie wasn't interested in that. Well, and also his yeah. his work or his training is just, like none of it came into play. Funly, <laughs> who is Pablo Schreiber's or Dwayne Johnson? Well, anybody's, and also the whole the whole subplot with the Asian guy. Like, why don't you shoot me and get it over with? Like, I don't care about this character. I mean, I guess it's supposed to be exactly the same as Die Hard. Like, you're gonna have to shoot me, and then he does shoot him. But that's the thing. I mean, it's like there's too many Die Hard like story beats. I didn't like the waterfall. I might have made Willy Wonka. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Willy Wonka waterfall. Really, Willy all Wonka. indoor waterfalls remind you of Willy Wonka, huh? Well, and then the elevator ride's like the boat ride right after that. <laughs> well, the waterfall and elevator both reminded me of Die Hard too. They, this, this is just such a pale elevator, yeah. or a pale shadow, uh, a pale uh, shadow of Look, Die you Hard guys. because there's that whole yes, uh, water stuff and the helicopter yeah. crash. The Nakatomi Plaza battery. was never on fire in Die Hard. That's yeah. the beauty of that movie. What? Is it looks like it is. And the, the helicopter. And Kelly, Kelly said something great about this. I, I just think that there's such an opportunity here for to to create a sense of place for the pearl, yeah. and they just don't they don't take advantage of it at no. all. I mean, it's just this this really cool idea of this of this skyscraper that has its own power supply, like uh like the like Stark Tower yeah. has its own power supply. Um, and and it's got this in, it's got this internal environment. It's got its own. We environment. should be. You could yeah. do so much with it, but you don't see any of yeah. it. We should be I fascinated actually, by that, don't we? And, and I think this is a failing of modern filmmaking because it used to be in the seventies when you would have an Irwin Allen disaster movie on the Poseidon or in the I forget what the skyscraper is called in Towering Inferno. Those movies would take their time introducing characters and introducing the setting and establishing mm. places in the setting. And nowadays, yeah. you just you need an action scene real quick, and you can have some quick CG exposition about the building. But not too much because the audience will get impatient. Like I, I think that that's mm. a failing of of modern action movies. And yeah. Die Hard, by the way, like Die Hard wasn't like that. Like Die Hard established this this place that it took its time winding up. And yeah. I just I don't think modern yeah. movies really care to think about locations as as characters anymore. Uh, There's also a you're all, we also don't have that grit because in Die Hard, that shot where he jumps into the shaft. And then he tries to get into that one um, uh, tunnel-y thing, alcove. He misses it and then bounces off of it and catches the next one. That was a, that was a yeah. glitch in filming, and they left it in because they thought it looked awesome, and it does. And it's like you don't get shit like that anymore because everything's fucking CG and like over safe, and you don't get like some cool accidents like that. Because Die Hard looks like an, a bunch of awesome accidents made the movie amazing. I love the way Tom talks about the location as being. Yeah, yeah, no, it totally is, and it should be. Um, yeah. And I was looking forward to that. I go, oh, well, it's called Skyscraper, so it's going to be even more building-themed than Die Hard. Well, it's like it's like Dingus was saying about Stark Tower. Like they they set it up like okay, they're like they set it up like it's going to be some science fiction. Right. It was kind of like super right. high tech virgin science yeah. fiction, and I thought there were going to be great ways to play with this. Yeah. But the fact the turbine. Is just the location where he hides the secret button to open Lame. the door. Oh my god! Like that's what they do with the turbines. Oh my god! That was just 
What yeah. am, and then what? As far as what's in what's inside the pearl is the climax of Enter the Dragon. Really? Like that's what they're gonna do <laughs> with with playing with this idea of there's a mysterious ball on top. What's in there? That's yeah. what's in there. And I didn't even understand yeah, clouds. How is, how is that a tourist attraction? Like, is it, yeah. is it like a big old three D theater? Like, I didn't understand. And and then screens pop up out of the floor that might people would walk into. What? Like, yeah. I had no idea. How how the fuck do you not have that thing roll off the exactly, building? And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Who's it for? And what's it do? <laughs> it's just like I mean, how do you not have that that as your set yeah. piece? Like the that huge like thing. I don't know what it's like called. Set it up. London, so that cool. huge. Thing that the the huge uh, Ferris wheel. It's not a Ferris wheel, but it's uh, too. The Ferris wheel. Um, yeah, on the tank. That that would fall down and roll down the right. street or something. That that's, that thing should be rolling yeah. right and crushing all of those people who are watching somehow watching flying into the air. Or it should be the way that he gets down off the building somehow, like yeah, when it yeah, burns. Yeah. Just, like, uh, just ride it so down. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I was so right. looking forward to that. That was the yeah. only thing I was watching looking forward to was the pearl falling out of this ridiculous building and rolling down <laughs> rolling down the building Instead, and then just you get a total recall ripoff of someone that Arnold killed in total recall <laughs> that's how he kills the main guy in this like he Arnold's just all by the way nice to see you and he shoots someone because they think he's a hologram that's like one gag about t- out of 12 in that whole sequence in total recall and in this it's like there's your the note denouement you're welcome, slaves. That's how we kill the main bad guy in this. I'm over there. I'm studying some worlds. Not only that, Kelly Wand, they <laughs> didn't the, – the main bad guy, he didn't even have to fall. Like he goes out the uh-huh. hole, and then the uh-huh. grenade kills him before he can experience the horror of the fall. Like like what Dredd did to Mama, he was uh-huh. a total dick about that. What <laughs> Dwayne Johnson Fuck did her. to the main bad guy here, he was nice to him. He threw uh-huh. him out of the building but let him blow up before he had to suffer through the fall. That's so nice. That's yeah. And Noah Taylor's fall, you don't even Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. PG-13, horseshit. Yeah. Instead of Die Hard's R. There Speaking you go. of PG-13, I want to ask you guys, how do you feel about the fact that – I don't know if this is a facet of PG-13, but even in Rampage, which got a little dark, they did this. Oh, I'd rather watch that. There are there, There's nobody in this building. Like it's an yeah, empty building. Yeah. It's a disaster movie where yeah. nobody is except the main characters are in peril or hurt. How do you guys feel about right. that? Shitty. It's terrible. It's a stupid idea. I and should have said, Dingus, how do you feel? Because I know, Kelly Wan, you want civilian casualties. Or at want, least the menace, the threat of them, like, just for tension right. and suspense. Like you don't even have to kill them. Because the building doesn't actually uh, get destroyed. That's why I thought it was going to happen because nobody's in the building. I go, oh, well, that means they can blow up the building in a PG-13 movie. Because audiences are fucking weak. <laughs> Dingus thoughts. <laughs> well, I, I just hate that it's a doodad movie. Uh, you know, it's just a it's it's another one of these thumb drive movies, um, which used to be like a, a compact disc movie. We're dumb for some, podcasting whatever. about it. Like it's um, making fun of us for talking about it. MacGuffin that you're talking about, but uh, but I think that's a huge failing, Tom. I think that. I think that you have to have the, uh, the stakes be higher for this because instead you just have a bunch of people out in the street watching video video footage of what's going on. Uh, we're watching them watch the movie that we're uh, watching, and they're like cheering for what he's doing. Oh my god! Uh, which is which is completely unrealistic and stupid. Yeah. And it just so happens that 
Oh, wait, there's a family there? Oh, that, oh, okay, that's right. Oh, and then those other guys are up there. If there had been, I mean, if it had, just, if it had been a populated building, uh, would that have, wouldn't that, and I'll, I want to play devil's advocate here, wouldn't that have changed the tone dramatically? Yes, and I think the tone should have been changed dramatically. If you're going to go this right? earnest, and this is something that Nick D says, that he thinks that The Rock's performance is too earnest, and I totally agree with him. I don't think that, I, I don't understand what, uh, and I will say his name again just to bo- bother Tom, Rawson Marshall Thurber, <laughs> who, ha- who makes, who, who made Dodgeball a true underdog story. Well, Where the Millers is his claim to fame. Like, Where the Millers yeah. is actually not horrible. Uh, I haven't seen the Dodgeball. Uh, Where the Millers I actually quite yeah. like. Yeah. I, I have to tell you, I really This is his worst movie. Um, He's trying too hard to be serious, and it, but given that, if you're going to, then go. So here's I what I'm. I mean, here's what I want to know, though, and I, Kelly wanted to kind of know what you would say. Well, if yeah. there, if this is a populated building and it had the darker tone of you know people could die here, wouldn't it then not be able to be PG-13? Of course it could. Yeah, I Infinity War is PG-13, and uh, half the universe gets killed on it. That's a crazy argument. You're saying ridiculous things. I, well, here, here's a, it's a tone thing, Kelly Wan, because the the way that people die in Infinity Wars, it's it's a very it's a thought exercise. The way that people would die in a burning skyscraper, like what is it? Two years ago, that Grenfell Tower in London. You remember the ghastly pictures of that thing going up in flames? It burned for hours on end. There are 300 people in there, and you know a third of them died. Uh, like that that's that's a real world grisly thing that people can relate to. The Grenfell Tower was was a modern horror. Uh, but it's I don't a dumbass think, action movie. And you know here's that right, it's a dumbass action movie and in order for it to be a PG-13 dumbass action movie, I think that it has to be an abandoned or an unpopulated skyscraper. No. If the skyscraper had people in it who were at threat of burning to death or dying, I don't think that the tone would have fit a PG-13 movie. I think you're longer. crazy. There's lots of precedent for you being like in, Independence Day. Well, and, I mean, I, I think Tom makes actually a good point. I, I mean, I think it just tries to ha- tries to be in the middle of the road. That's because true. I'm uh, just saying you can put people because, in jeopardy in a PG-13 movie and still save them. I don't think they have. To, I mean, that just seems ridiculous. Like they're just more props, but but that kind of jeopardy is different. If you've got families and babies and all all these people in different apartments, what about San Andreas? Building and he saves no one in that fucking movie. <laughs> he lets them die. But but the thing is, like uh, comments, he's like he never helps anybody. It is jobs. But if if you're not going to do that, then then I think you have to to understand where the sense of humor is in it. And this movie doesn't have That's true too. But I'm saying you can endanger a building full of, P- of people in a PG-13 movie. Like I don't think you can. I don't think you can with something as intimate as them burning to death inside of a building. If you want to level a, 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 a if you want to level the, the the skyline of a city and have it collapse in an earthquake, that's fine. If you want a, a giant dog yeah. and a giant wolf to run around and knock over buildings while people are getting evacuated, that's fine. But if you want to invoke the the pictures of Grenfell and 9/11, I think that is necessarily dark, and if you want to do it without it being a dumbass, fun action movie, if you want to have an actual sense of peril from something that is as, is as horrific a visual as, as everybody has, I think you need to have an R-rated movie. Well, it's, an R-rated movie is well, better. Well, what's, yeah. what's the difference between this and, and say, you know, the way uh, – I don't know if it was uh, – 
Superman Returns. I don't know which one I'm thinking of. Oh, uh, uh, um, yeah. Is it Batman vs. Superman? Yeah, where Scoot McNary gets mad because all the people died in the, the, the rubble. Right, right. But let's say and, comic book movies are special. And the, and, the and the city is just destroyed or all of the destruction that goes on in at the end of the Avengers. I mean, what's the Dark difference between that too. and this other than there's no there's no – sense of balance in this movie i mean what's the i think the difference is the 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 maximum about stalin that uh you know one person dying is a tragedy a million person dying is is a statistic uh and if you have there there are little gradations in the middle if you level a whole city you can still have a fun pg and i I, by the way i'm not necessarily agreeing with this like i'm talking about this as the economy and the morality of the modern of modern movie making i'm mortified if you you, of course you should if you level a city and kill you know the, the three million five million people that live there that's that's fine that's pg-13 if you shoot one person if you murder one person in a murder movie that's fine that's pg-13 if you have people trapped who are about to burn to death but get out in a building he does say uh if you so for instance i think of towering inferno where those like some of those people really die and they die horribly and they don't deserve to die like uh, like towering inferno these Irwin allen disaster movies are very much about in a disaster Lots of people die, and some of them are good people, and it's terrible, and it's grim, and it wants to create a sense of stakes and risk and drama and tension. Uh, and if you want to do that with yeah. a disaster movie like this, where it's something intimate and where it invokes pictures of Grenfell or 9-11, I think mm. you need to be R-rated. I, I think that it's no longer the domain of a fun action movie. You know, I think your your use of the word intimate is uh, absolutely spot on. Because there's something really intimate about the idea of somebody trapped in their house. Yeah. So it's building specific as opposed to Poseidon. It's, who, it's who's the victims and how are they killed? Like of of the hundred, actually, it was less than, the people that died in Grenfell, like a staggering oh, number. And I, I think it was like a third of them were, were like infants and children. Like like if you if you're gonna burn up somebody's home and make a movie where the dramatic tension is well the people who live in those homes burn to death or die of suffocation and have their bodies burned that's dire that's grim stuff volcano has then, horrific deaths in it on screen and it's but no it doesn't is that the one where the where la a, a volcano erupts under la where john yeah. carroll lynch melts into a, a there's that, lava there, yeah there's a there, there's a one scene where um what's her name ellen hey, or uh, ann hake and her assistant sewer yeah 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 her Anne poor Hake. little assistant yeah, Do you remember yeah. Captain, the assistant well, that that, you know kelly one that's like that that's is like horrific. no i know and, jurassic world yeah, exactly that's like the poor woman who gets carried off by the bird and dropped in the giant uh, dinosaur alligator's mouth in jurassic world yeah like you can have one those, you can have the, those weird little isolated moments like that and they're odd and they're memorable i don't know also how old is volcano it's 96 yeah. pre-9-11 is all you have to tell me kelly one you know what because no then the terrorists win no. <laughs> it's not the terrorists so much as changing it, sensibilities and changing responses to imagery well, school shootings, school shootings, and collapsing skyscrapers are fraught with meaning that wasn't previously there, and you can't ignore that. Well, you can. No, you can. <laughs> okay, I just well, say ignore it. But let's just say, here's a tell you, it's like my dad died of cancer in 1998, and after that, there were like cancer movies, like 50-50 came out. I was like, and I just tuned it out. I go, well, this is fiction. Like I just made that leap. It was very simple, and like. The first Final Destination, it's like it had. They filmed it right before 9/11, and the plane crashes horribly, and, it, and that's an R-rated movie, sure. But it's like 
you're implying that if I watched Final Destination on September 12th, I'd feel weird. No, I'm implying that Final Destination should be an R-rated movie. Uh, what what Irwin Allen was uh, doing back in the 70s would be R-rated movies today. I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't be made. And the whole cancer thing, Kelly, well, like everybody – like, well, I mean that's a whole uh, – I mean I get what you're saying, but I'm, I'm just talking – I'm, and I'm talking about when you look at the tone of a movie and then put a rating on it. These things should be R-rated, and I this would this should have been an R-rated movie. I think that was an what? issue with this. Even there should have been an R-rated movie about a, about a populated skyscraper. Oh, because well, yeah. that would have been way better. Yeah, because the fact that it was an empty skyscraper, it sort of undercut any sense of peril or tension, or I didn't care. Like there was the studio might have agreed with you, and that's why it's abandoned. But I just think it's a shittier movie, and it's boring, and it has less tension, so it's not as good. But I mean, the trade-off, <laughs> Kelly Wan, is that is that yeah. kids can go and it can make uh, what is it, twenty-five million in its first weekend. <laughs> but how much would it have made as an R-rated movie? Fifteen. Okay. You seem to know. <laughs> so, so Die Hard's an R-rated yeah. movie, right? Yeah. And and the the so move, the building is basically abandoned and not abandoned, but not populated because the, because it's still being constructed. Oh. But they just have Meh. like one floor where the employees are having their Christmas party, and that's where the population right. is. But they're still in danger, and there's a pregnant woman in there as and well. And he saved them. And there's that. Mm-hmm. There's that sense of peril and that sense of stakes. Um, So I think that this movie would have been better served to have upped the stakes as far as that. If they're going to just parrot some of the things that Die Hard is doing, then I think Tom is right. It should have gone full R. Well, yeah. Uh, Otherwise, it should have just been a – it should have been more of a comedy. I mean, honestly – it should have it should have understood what it had as far as uh, having as far as having Dwayne Johnson in the role. That's the thing. The most I'll give Tom because I think I totally disagree with him, obviously. But like the the most I'll give Tom and you is like execution is everything in tone is like Dark Knight feels like an R rated movie to me, but it's one of the few I can say that about of a PG thirteen movie. Like most mm-hmm. PG thirteen movies are, are way too tame, and I personally think that you can. Uh, jeopardize the lives of billions <laughs> in a skyscraper in a PG-13 movie and still eke it out. Uh, but you'll still be under the same constraints. Like you'll well, still, the action will still to, be shit to Tom's to Tom's Stalin point, isn't it? Well, I thought he was saying if there's people in jeopardy, if there's billions. Sure, rated. you can you can level a city. You just can't have a horrific image like the Grenfell Tower 9/11. Uh, like Towering Inferno, you could never make Towering Inferno as a PG-13 movie. What about like you, a freeway situation? If you want to make a disaster movie, uh, what do you mean a freeway? Give give me your pitch, and I'll tell you whether or not we're going to rate it R or PG-13. Like there's a tidal wave, or there's like an alien portal on the freeway. Okay, if it's aliens, PG-13. Always we're PG-13. Okay with that. Yeah. Okay, what about just like uh, there's terror? Here's a good one. It's like 9/11, but it's set on a freeway, and there's terrorists like that have they have bombs all around the freeway. And so there are all these people and their families and their cars are on the freeway, like stuck, and there's and they can't move because of bombs. And then someone, okay, like, that's the, okay. Johnson's like in the car on sure. the freeway and he has to sneak out of the car and take out the terrorists. PG thirteen, we're fine. So, okay, well there you go. So you're just so your point is if it's a vertical building full of people, <laughs> but it's horizontal and the same number of so, people, then. So a bridge is just a horizontal building. <laughs> well, I'm trying to find Tom's parameters. It's not my there, well. There's studio so, It really it's tone and it, it's context. It's and, yeah, but I won't. I don't. I just don't think that you cannot 
not endanger civilians in a PG-13 movie of any kind. You can endanger civilians. I'm just talking about what kind of danger and how dark and uh, and scary it can be. But volcanoes – well, look at like, – volcano give you – Nobody is scared of a volcano. A volcano is a goofy thing, Kelly Wan. A volcano is, is child's play. Okay, well, yeah, we yeah. saw that in Jurassic World. The yeah, come on, kingdom. volcanoes, dinosaurs, please, Kelly Wan. It's, it's I'm waiting for the movie, a PG-13 movie where a kid gets killed. Yeah. Well, look at because that's that would be interesting. <laughs> well, look at the um at the at the tank crap in uh, in one of those Fast and Furious movies where right. the tank is just your PG-13, but it's so, it's so retarded that. <laughs> But it's hilarious. You're laughing at how many people have to surely be dying, and then, but even the movie—that's that. See, that's how you get out of it, Tom. Is like there's a scene, there's a cutaway, I think, in that movie where the newscasters all. And amazing as this sounds, there are no casualties. Right, before. right. It's <laughs> awesome. You've just solved the problem. You've just said, "Hey, look, studio. See, everything's right. fine." Right. It's like you can fool them because it's just too so, so idiotic. Nick, Nick D wants to know if any of us saw it in 3D. What? No. What? I didn't even know it was. Pl- I wouldn't have wanted to. <laughs> I almost had to go to a 3D screening. Uh, sorry, Nick, that I missed it. I'm sure the CG of not- was totally worth 15 bucks. Well, he wanted he he did want to know uh, like what we thought about the vertigo during the dangling above the height scenes because I, I and the reason I bring this up there there were three things Nick wanted us to talk about. Gravity um, was and more that was tense. one of them. Yeah. And I just thought that the the green screening in those dangling scenes was just so horrible. <laughs> and just the composition like, of the shots, like there's, it's all was, cutaways. Like nothing looks like it's happening. I was shocked. Yeah. It, and when I looked up, like when I was writing up, what I'm going to say about this in my little mini opsis, I totally expected it to be one of these um, American Chinese uh, co-productions uh, <laughs> that was friendly to China. Uh, so that we could show it more over there, uh, and that's why some of the CG seemed so cheap. But it just—it's—it's it's listed as an American. No, production. Le- legendary. It's and, universal and legendary, and legendary yeah. is definitely a Chinese uh, studio. They're owned oh, by Tencent. Okay. Uh, it, this is very much a co. I mean, it's an American movie. There's American money and distribution in it, and it, it did very—it did very well, by the way, in uh, in China, as you might imagine. Uh, really? But legendary oh. is a, one of the co-creators of it. Oh. Oh, okay. Thank you, Tom. All right, because it it definitely it was, it was definitely. Well, and you can tell from the cast with too. everybody. Like a lot of, I imagine a lot of the cast members are probably a selling point over there. Yeah. Well, certainly the location. And everybody just standing on this on the street, watching these huge video screens. And why, you know, why is why? It's exciting. How are you getting all this footage with with all this fire going on? <laughs> yeah. How is how is this all the all this? And what are they in, looking up at you know, I, for? Half an hour of screen time till he jumps. Are they just sitting there waiting for him to come back? <laughs> there's a there's a comedian comes out and does crowd work. Yeah. Pops. <laughs> yeah. And I think Chris uh, also wanted to know like how are all of the fire measures, uh, anti fire measures, still working after all this fire has been going up? They, and they're super magical <laughs> too. It's like yeah, once they switch on, it's like oh, okay. <laughs> that's wow, yeah. That's the thing. We didn't even get a sense of like what the fire department was doing, or like, because in Die Hard, the the big game changer is when he throws the body out. See, he's affecting everything in the movie. He's like Toto in The Wizard of Oz, Bruce Willis. And so when he throws the body out onto, onto uh, Family Matters' car, then 
the FBI and the cops all show up and they swarm the building and then you're like, oh, what? And then Alertman's all, whatever, we knew this was going to happen. We got it. You're like, oh, they're not even scared of like being surrounded? Oh, this is going to be great. And then they're like Barbies and stuff. But none of that was here. It was like just them watching. Like the other law enforcement officials in the city are just staring at Jimmy Johnson. Well, they chase him a little bit. They and trying to, yeah, and trying to arrest him. Yeah. Uh, so Boring shit. All no right. This. Uh, so what do we think about Nev Campbell? Because that's the <laughs> other thing that Nick D wanted to ask us about. Yeah. What do we think of Nev Campbell? She gave it her best. I mean, she tried. I, you know, she. He's supposed to do. What are you gonna? And you know, and Soren Hoagland says as well that he thought it was nice that she was relatively proactive. She, she did get to like punch Hannah Quinn Levin, right. right? Like she, yeah. So you can sort of see that coming, but uh, yeah. Bonnie Bedelia only punches reporters, but Nave Campbell punched yeah. the actual terrorists because she's tougher. Right, she's super trained. Oh, they, they didn't just punch; they like scuffled. Right? Yeah, like a fight. Well, and she's a surgeon too. Right, well, a combat surgeon. She's a surgeon who can't, who doesn't know how to turn off her own phone. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly. That's so cute. <laughs> she looked uh, really, uh, yeah, poised. I confuse her with Selma Blair. Is that just me? Uh, um. Mm. Selma Blair changed so much. She's the one from Hellboy. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. She changed so much uh, before the second Hellboy. I mean, she really, I mean, she changed a lot. Like, it looked like she went through an aging machine. I don't know what happened to her. Um, I really liked her, but uh, Nev Campbell doesn't reside in the same mental space. Uh, I think you should – her yeah. most recent movie, I think most recent, was a movie called Mom and Dad, Nicolas Cage, that Selma Blair was in. And I, oh, I, I thought she looked great in it. I thought she she did a great job, which is partly why I was watching oh, this. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, she was good in Mom and Dad. And then I was like, oh, no, that's that's Nev Campbell, not Selma Blair. So, Did you like Nev Campbell? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. I, I liked her. I like like she – yeah. It's going to sound dumb, but she looks like smart. Like she's got this like shrewd look to her like she would figure stuff out. And I, I like that about her. She's not just pretty. like she's pretty, yeah. but she you know, she looks like yeah, she would be a surgeon. Uh so yeah, I, I like her a lot. Uh, In a weird way I, I did I to my surprise, I went, yeah, they could be married. <laughs> yeah. If Campbell Dwayne Johnson, sure. That's right, that crazy. Right. Which I think would happen to me while I was watching this guy's uh, What did you think of Roland Muller? Is that the bad guy? Oh, my God. He's the bad guy from Atomic Blonde. I mean, he was great. I loved him in Atomic Blonde, but it was so disappointing seeing him in this. God. Because he was just like swarmy yeah. foreigner. Like, that's all they gave him to do. This is a July blockbuster? Yeah. Jesus. All right, Ant-Man. There you go. Summer. Yeah. It's dumb. But, but Mission Impossible comes out after this. What crazy kind of universe are we live in? Who's president again? What's going on? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> so uh, Nick D does want to know why why the Rock doesn't just knock on the door instead of having to go through all this stuff. <laughs> he does have a foot to knock with. Yeah, because the other guy doesn't <laughs> trust him, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's so dumb. Uh, you're, I'm gonna. You can do anything if I hold a hostage. It's like, yeah, that would work. Just keep doing that over and over through life. I want to race. Okay, I'm holding your daughter hostage. Right, good. I I had uh, six people in my theater walked out in this movie because it was so disturbing. Yeah, because they were worried that yeah. they thought the building had people in it. <laughs> That's right. But, but uh, other people cheered when uh, Dwayne Johnson made that jump from the Really? Oh, I miss America so much now. Fuck. 
Germans just sit there, and they're drunk. They right? cheered. They cheered when he made the jump. What else did they cheer out? Make me feel more homesick. That's all. Did they cheer Nate Campbell no, were... doing the fight? No, they just they they. I think they were just so desperate for something. You gotta do some. It's summer. It's so fucking hot out. Did they cheer when he went? I'm standing behind you. Like, ah, standing behind him, dude. Get him, quick. <laughs> cheer while I'm gone. You 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 got your gun too close. I love the way you put that, Kelly, in your office. It's so dark. Let me just tell you. Yeah. Let me tell By the, the way, audience. You'll tell notice it. Dwayne Johnson, a gun never helps him. He never uses a gun, and when he finally has a gun, he doesn't need it. So Dwayne's missing a foot in this. Charlize is missing an arm in Fury Road. Do you think someone's listening to the podcast, Tom, and just, like, using you as the focus group to, like, make movies? Like, oh, he likes Dwayne Johnson. He likes Charlize Theron in Fury Road. Let's combine them. And why are they Why are they lopping limbs off of them, though? Because they know you like that. Cause I don't... You like I don't. <laughs> Wait, what? You, like, you, you think I've got like some amputee fetish or something? Yeah, misery. Probably one. What's the matter with you, weirdo? It's in, you like Thai white in the rolls and amputees. In the rundown, Kelly, uh, um, Kelly, uh, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson refuses to carry a they gun. They take me to a place I don't like to go, and then he does use one later. It's great. Yeah. Wait, in the rundown or in this? So, yeah. No, in rundown. Right. In the rundown. In the rundown, he 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 says, "I don't guns. I don't pick up a gun anymore." Then right. he gets one later, and it's like the Freddy Rodriguez character in um, Planet Terror. He gets really excited. Oh, I got a gun! Ah! Well, you won't be seeing any more of that unless it's rated R for Dwayne Johnson. Guns right, are guns yeah. are rated too in your crazy world. The romanticization, the glamorization of guns. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it should not be in no. movies. No. Fiction, fiction. You you keep pointing to the calendar. I keep pointing to the thing that says this is a work of fiction. Everything's a coincidence. Uh, Kelly, one, you'll notice where I'm pointing. The billions of dollars that go in the entertainment industry are also pointing with me. Who's pointing with you? No one. Art house movies that don't make any money. There you go. And they don't even have to be rated because they're on Netflix. I don't know. How did it work out like for you in Cloverfield Paradox? How did it work out for you in Deadpool uh, 2 uh, box office receipts and bo- and Deadpool 1? And Logan, you fucker. Look what Wait, you're selling. You're selling I love those Logan. movies. What are you talking about? I'm saying R-rated violent movies are not box office poison. I'm not saying they're box office poison. I'm saying in order to make – oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Sure, I'm not saying R-rated uh, movies can't make money. I'm saying if you're going to make a PG-13 movie, you can't do stuff that you do in R-rated movies. And most and PG-13 movies make more money than R-rated movies. Uh, but they shouldn't. It's a gamble. Yeah, I know. It's a uh, dumb game. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Nobody knows anything. Court right. William Edmund. It's all horseshit. And also people will always watch the first Die Hard over Die Hard 5. So who's who's the dumb audience? <laughs> is Die Hard Five rated R? I don't think so. I think they started making it, yeah, because they they've started as long as they could bleep out or put a gunshot over the Yippie Kaye motherfucker yeah, line. That's they could cool. yeah. right. Oh, why is that satisfying? <laughs> I want kids to see Bruce Willis go Yippie Kaye moo, and the kid's gonna go what? Why, <laughs> Dad? No, the first one's better. You're not old enough to enjoy what he really said. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we're gonna drive a huge car over. This is another Russians. One of those diehards is the Russian thing where he's driving that car over. All That's the first scene I think of when I think of that, and then I also think of them wearing the hazmat suits, even though it's not really radioactive. Like you, okay, it's like that you took Tom's logic. All right, it's PG thirteen. We can't have real radioactivity, so it'll be fake radioactivity, and then we'll use this water hose to spray off the radioactivity that's not really there, too. Also, uh, Jai Corton. We need more of him. Uh, he's PG-13. Oh, good point, yeah. Terminator 4, PG-13. Best Terminator ever. <laughs> uh, so the last thing that uh, I want to bring up is that Chris Margotson also says that he really likes... One of the things he really likes is that they let uh, Dwayne Johnson show his age, that he's got a little like salt and pepper in his beard. Oh, yeah. I like uh, the beard. Yeah. So he, he likes that aspect of this movie, that, that he looks a little worn. If it was no, to me, they would just do like a cocoon and like it's, he's super old and it's still the same situation. I gotta get my daughter! And he's like, gotta get out of the wheelchair too. No, like, that's, those, those are roles for Liam Neeson, Kelly Wan. Quit taking yeah, work away from Liam Neeson. Yeah. yeah it's gotta see Somebody, somebody online brought up that Tom Cruise is older than Will, Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon. Well, Tom Cruise lives off of, like, Scientology is magically keeping him young. Instead of Quaker Oats. <laughs> and he doesn't have diabetes. Kelly Wand, why don't you tell the listeners what our podcast will be about next week? Next week, we're doing a really exciting three-by-three three topic, the three stupidest, dumbest activities ghosts do in movies. Now, what if their listeners are like, oh, I have some I, I have some things I'd like to contribute to that podcast. Where should they send their picks, Kelly Wand? Uh, unlikely, but if there are – if Tom – if, you know – what did she say? I wasn't listening. <laughs> if you're Walton Goggins or you have uh, three best ghost picks in movies that stupid ghosts do, dumbass ghosts, if you've seen movies with people who were dead and came back from the dead as ethereal spirits and then their activities in films didn't make sense to you and you thought they were dumb, you thought if I was dead, I wouldn't do that stupid ghost, then send your picks angrily, like type it super angrily, ghost man, to 3x3 at quarter to 3.com and I'll read it. And also, in anime movies, all the ghosts are really smart. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, get us your picks by Sunday, July 29th, uh, midnight Pacific, and uh, Kelly Wand will read those on the air. And then the next week, we'll be able to see Mission Impossible Fallout, which doesn't open uh, for Kelly Wand until a uh, uh, a week what? after we get it. Yeah, you get it a week after we get it. We get it next weekend. Don't we? Or did I just make that up? Well, then that's good, because then we're doing the stupid 3 by 3 and then right. we do and Mission Did I make Impossible that up, Dingus, or yeah. Mission Impossible is next weekend for us, right? I think yeah. so. Kelly Wan, we're going to see it. If you have any – so like like you got to do with uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like I think you got to see that early. So oh, yeah, we get to see Mission Impossible Fallout early. You're welcome, American expatriates. We got you. We didn't yeah. get you the Mission Impossible at the same time, but we got you Ant-Man early. Join us for that next week. I'm Tom Chick. Wow. I've been here with Christian Moroskly. It's Christian Moroskly. And Kelly Wand. Dick Moss's The Shaft. Your love lifted me higher than I've ever been lifted before. So keep it up. Quench my desire. And I'll be at your side. Oh, my God.
the change.org petition to rehire James Gunn, even though I won't do anything. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Oregai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Dingus, I like you, white man! It's panda time. <laughs> that was disgusting.